right, welcome in on Tuesday this week. Trash Talk with Tony Brasky is underway with yours truly. It's great to have you in here on the show this week. Joining me today, Eli Bashi, Grant Richards, and Tyler Sawa. We're all here. Parlay J, 100 Parlay. He's taking the episode off. Well, next week, a little bit of Trash Talk news. Uh, Mike told us that next week he'll be making his full-time return to Trash Talk. We'll see. That's what he told us. We'll see if he's actually back next week or not. But uh, nonetheless, for the guys that are here, gentlemen, thanks for being here. Hope all is well. Let's get into the show this week. But before we get started, I do want to thank the sponsor of this week's episode. This week's episode of Trash Talk is sponsored, as always, by Michigan-based Roast Number Coffee. If you're a coffee lover like me, give them a try. they got some delicious coffee. Whether you prefer your coffee hot or cold, Roast Number's got you covered. they got their Nitro Cold Brew and their Whole Bean Ground Coffee, both of which are very, very good. Me, personally, I start each morning with a cup of Roast Number. If I must say so myself, it's a perfect way to start the day. Roastnumber.com, you use my coupon code TONYD to save yourself 20% off. You get some delicious coffee at discounted price. Sounds like a good deal to me. Roastnumber.com, coupon code TONYD to save yourself 20% off. And thank you, as always, to Michigan-based Roastnumber Coffee for sponsoring this week's episode. All right, guys, let's get into the show this week. And let's begin, as always, with the introductions. We'll start with Eli. Hi, Eli. How's your summer vacation going? It was your first full week of summer, correct? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm done with school, yeah. chilling at home, going to work every once in a while, just relaxing, man, enjoying it, waiting for some warm weather, watching a lot of baseball. Uh-oh. Well, you actually and just I'm, stole uh, my thunder there. Oh. It seems like you have been watching a lot of baseball to start this season. Is that fair to assume? Because every time we're, like, talking and texting as a group during a Tigers game in the Trash Talk group chat, it seems like you're always – you're you're chiming in there too. So you watching baseball this year? I'm there, man. I'm watching hey. baseball. You know, basketball's over. Pistons are done. Hockey's done. Yeah, you're not really into these NBA playoffs, correct? No, I, I really. It's not interesting. To, well, I watched that that uh, Warriors Grizzlies game yesterday. It was pretty interesting, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just I have no like I have no rooting interest, so I don't really care anymore. You're I just, got no one to root against or for. You're just really waiting for the draft lottery, pretty just much. Waiting for the draft lottery, man. <laughs> that's Please actually that's coming up. I didn't realize it was uh, at the time this releases. It's going to be in two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, not next Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. That's the NBA draft lottery. I'm looking forward, or maybe not really looking forward eh. to that because <laughs> we'll we ain't see. Getting number one again. No, we're but... not going to win the lottery again. But maybe we get top four. Yeah, I'll take top four. But, uh, yeah, baseball's been exciting. Um, Even just watching, like, random games, turning them on in the background. You've been watching non-Tigers games? Tyler, Tyler, do you hear this? I watched that Mets-Phillies yesterday, man. (laughs) Classic Sunday night baseball action. Mad Max on the mound, man. Gave me some good memories, throwing them curveballs, throwing them, oh, just just strikeout machine. It's unbelievable. Mad Max can still go, man. God, Mad Max can go. The Mets are fun. They're fun to watch, too. I don't want to get too off topic, but that's a team that looks really good right now, too. You know what team is not looking too good right now, unfortunately? (laughs) The Go Tigers, unfortunately. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like me and Johnny are the only two people <laughs> that are trying to be openly optimistic about this baseball team. Yeah, they haven't had a great start to the season, but, like, they have had injuries and the schedule has been tough. Uh, I'm not totally freaking out as of right now, but I will say, I mean, I will say if they have another bad month of May, and we're going to June, like, 10-plus games under 500, then, like, I I have no argument. <laughs> At that point, I'll be like, all right, we might stink. But right now, yeah. I'm not really overreacting too much. I don't know what it is with them in the month of April. Me and Tyler had this discussion the other day. Like, that's two straight years now where they've just been terrible in April. Mm-hmm. And, like, yes, they've had injuries this year, and, yes, the schedule has been brutal, but – They've been playing bad offensively and defensively. The strength of the team is the bullpen, believe it or not, which the bullpen is statistically the best in baseball, which is, Eli, did you hear that correctly? Man, that's (laughs) crazy. You know that? All these years, the bullpen has been so (laughs) god-awful, and now 
like, I feel like stuff like that always happens. Like, think about the Lions. We had a good QB all those years, and now the Lions are building to where they're going to have everything, like, except a QB. (laughs) You know? And now the Tigers, they had all the hitting, all the pitching, and zero bullpen. Now they have a good bullpen, and then zero hitting, (laughs) and their pitching is lackluster. And the defense is strong. (laughs) That's like, dude, it's always, we can never have everything either, like, right or at least, like, above average. I'm still expecting them to eventually turn it around because they did last year. That's why I'm kind of not holding on, but I guess holding on to my argument that the Tigers are going to eventually turn around. But I don't know. We'll see. Anywho, good to see that Eli is enjoying watching Tigers baseball and baseball in general. Grant Richards, let's move into you now. How are you? And as always, how was your sports betting? last weekend well i'm good uh the golf season has officially begun oh oh yeah it is it is full on we are fully just going man i've been golfing basically two or three times a week at least just having a great time support your local golf course i strongly encourage everyone to get out there this year whether or not you actually like golf just give it a go if you enjoy adult beverages it's also a perfect excuse to get going on that at like in the morning. So there's something for everyone. Um, I encourage people to golf. Uh, other than that, just been working, you know, not whatever it is. And uh, sports betting has, speaking of working, felt more like a job recently, except <laughs> I'm, except I'm paying to work there. Um, last, last two weeks have not been particularly, not been particularly fun. You could say, um, a little bit of struggles. We're just we're gonna find it. The winds of change should be upon us. It's a new week as the of today. The winds of change. The winds of change, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, other than sports betting, things are things are coming up, Grant. So can't complain there. But it's, I'm not saying the sports betting has lost its magic, but we just gotta find that find that groove again. Tony, how is your sports betting this week? Grant, if I could bounce back after. Two weeks ago, how bad of a week that was for me, you're going to bounce back too. And that's a little tease. That's a little tease because I did bounce back last week. It was a winning week. The baseball bets, after being terrible to me, were good to me last week. We We finished up on the week, so that's always good. And now we're getting ready for some NHL Stanley Cup playoff hockey. I'm so excited for this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, man. I can't wait to bet on them. I can't wait to watch them. Oh, Tony, you got any NHL futures? Uh, like to win, to time. like win the Stanley Cup? Yep. It's it's tough this year. I the Eastern Conference is so loaded. I could see like every team in the East making a run. Uh, the East is so loaded. Um, and then the West. I mean. Colorado and Calgary, those are the two teams that really stick out to me from there. But, I mean, you can't sleep on teams like Minnesota and St. Louis. Um, and then, you know, in the East, you got to mention a team like Florida. I don't know. <laughs> it's – I'm excited, though. Like, these Stanley Cup playoffs are so wide open. Like, I truly don't know who's going to win. If I had to pick a team, I'd probably just go with the safe pick and go Colorado. But – like if you can tell my voice there, I was a little hesitant on that because Florida is also really good. I can see Calgary making a run. Uh, you know the Rangers got the goaltending to make a run. Like it's it's just so wide open, man. I don't know, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch for sure. And Grant, while you were talking as well, you also mentioned adult beverages. That's a good segue into our final introduction because, ladies and gentlemen. Tyler Sawa is turning 21 years old on Thursday. Yeah, the birthday boy. Well, the early birthday boy. But Tyler is turning 21 this week, ladies and gentlemen. How are we doing, Tyler? You're going to be 21 this week. How are you feeling? Feeling good, man. I'm looking forward to it. Oh. It's another day, man. No, this is not. This is not another day. This is a trash talk birthday celebration. And you know what we do to celebrate trash talk birthdays. Grant, are you ready? Oh, no, I'm not. (laughs) 
Eli, are you ready? Nothing against Tyler, oh, but I'm, I'm just ready, not ready. Man. Oh, I'm Eli's ready. ready. That's all. That's all Let's we need. Do it. Man. No, that's all we need. Eli. One, well, two, three. three. Happy uh, birthday to you. To you. Happy birthday to you. Happy okay, okay. It's good. It's good enough. dear Tyler. Happy birthday to you. Go, Eli. Go. Oh, yeah, Tyler, man. Happy oh, birthday. I, I, I asked for it after Mike's birthday, and he promised he would do it for me, so I appreciate that, Eli. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I appreciate man. that, boys, in general. Tyler, what are you doing for your 21st? You got any special plans right now? The Tigers do play yeah. that night in Houston. We are officially yeah. not going to Houston, by the way, for Tyler's birthday. I told you I wasn't <laughs> taking you to Houston. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, uh, the day of my actual birthday, just going out with my family, going out for dinner. Perfect way Harbor. to celebrate. And then on Saturday, I'm actually going to be in downtown Detroit. I'm going to be on one of those paddle bikes with uh, some friends and some family. So I'm looking forward to oh, that. I might have to go downtown now just to look for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be on one of those paddle bikes on Saturday night. <laughs> you going out to any of the bars downtown or are you just doing that? Yeah. Yeah, no, we're going to Detroit Shipping Co. starting there. And then we're going to stop at three different bars on the on the paddle bike. So we'll see. I don't know where they're stopping. So we'll see where it goes. But I know we're starting off at. Detroit Shipping Co. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, Tyler, happy birthday. And appreciate it. Eli, you're the last one. You're next. July July 23rd? Yeah. Yay! Oh, yeah. July 31st was ringing in my head, but I'm like, nah. that's not his birthday. Well, July you're, 23rd. You're January 23rd. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, so my birthday is your half birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh, and your birth, your birthday is my half birthday, so that's pretty well, easy well, to remember. Well, fun fact. Yeah. That is a fun fact. I appreciate that. Now my birthday is going to mean a lot more because I'll think about that going oh, yeah. forward. I'm going to think of Eli's half birthday. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, now oh. we're going to celebrate my oh. half birthday. Oh, today's Tony's birthday. birthday. No, no. It's no, Eli's no. half birthday. Yeah. <laughs> but Eli is the last one. He, uh, once he turns 21, the entire crew, that's it. We're all old now. We all got gray on our beard. Oh, yeah. totally. Tony's got a lot of gray. In his yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of gray. All right. All right. Nonetheless, gentlemen, good to have you in here on the show this week. Thank you all for tuning in this week as well. Let's get right into it. It's a big show this week. It is our Lions 2022 NFL Draft Review the draft was a lot of fun, and the Lions did a good job. So let's talk about it in our 2022 Lions NFL Draft Review Show. So here's here's how I'll start. Let me just say this. I really did like what the Lions did in this year's draft. Now, we have to obviously wait and see what they do on the field before we really discuss whether or not this was a successful draft for the Lions. But on paper, I really liked what the Lions did. And I'm going to go pick by pick and talk about what exactly I like about all these players coming to the Lions. So let's start at number two overall, Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, what can I say? That's the best player in the draft, and he fell to us in number two. He's a Dan Campbell type of player with that motor, good against the run, can get to the quarterback, Heisman finalist, dominate against Ohio State, and in the Big Ten overall. He's athletic, he's a leader, high IQ, hometown kid who's staying home a home run no doubt pick in my opinion from the lions to start the draft that was a great way to start the draft for this football team and then you trade up to number 12 and you take speaking of home run picks another home run pick in jameson williams now with this pick let me start by saying this i didn't think we traded a lot to move up which, you know, Minnesota, I don't know what they're doing, <laughs> making trades within the NFC North, not once, but twice. But eh, you do you, Minnesota. You helped us out, so thank you. But, I mean, we trade 32, 34, and one of two third-round picks to get 12, and we got a second-round pick back. Yeah, like, I thought that was a solid trade for the Lions. We moved up and got Jamison Williams, who many believe will be 
the best wide receiver in the draft when it's all said and done. Wide receiver one potential. He's quick, explosive, he gets separation, and he's just fun, man. He is so electric to watch. You watch his his video from Alabama, man, he is so electric. <laughs> he is a lot of fun to watch. And you know, just in general, that was a really huge gift for this football team. Uh, apparently, the ACL recovery is uh, going well, so that's good to hear. Uh, he's just going to be so fun to watch on this football team when he's healthy. Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameson Williams, DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds, Quintess Cephas, Khalif Raymond, Hawk, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams. With a top 10 offensive line, arguably. That offense is cooking a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. That offense is cooking a little bit. So, um, yeah. Ain Hutchinson, Jamison Williams, an absolute awesome way to start this draft for the Lions. Moving on to day two. Let's start with Josh Pascal, Kentucky. Uh, another Dan Campbell player, it seems like. He's a tough, strong guy, leader, three-time captain. Uh, he's versatile. He can play inside and outside. And... I just like this pick from the standpoint of the more pressure you could get to the quarterback, the better. You know, when the pick was first made, there was some people I saw on Twitter upset at the pick. I don't think it was because of the player himself necessarily, but maybe just because of the fact that we passed on some players that were available at the time. And also, I did see some people not happy that we addressed the defensive line again after taking Aiden Hutchinson. But here's the way I see it. Like, the more quarterback pressure the better. <laughs> like, Brad Holmes has made it very clear in his first few years as our GM that he wants to build the offensive and defensive lines. He wants to dominate the line of scrimmage. And that's perfect. <laughs> that's what I want to see this team do as well. So, yeah, Josh Pascal, Dan Campbell guy, he's going to help out our defensive line. I'm all for the pick. I like it a lot. And I also liked our third-round pick of Kirby Joseph. Uh, safety was in need. I want to see the Lions get a safety on day two. And Kirby is a really intriguing player coming here now. He's a ball hawk and a playmaker. He had five interceptions last season with Illinois. I'm excited to watch him play alongside Tracy Walker and Sean Elliott in the secondary next season. And moving on to day three. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. The Lions might have made some nice sleeper picks in day three, in my opinion. Uh, most notably with our two six-rounders, Malcolm Rodriguez and James Houston. We'll get to them in a second here. Starting with our fifth-round pick, James Mitchell, it's tight end depth. He did miss most of the 2021 season with a knee injury, but when healthy, he looks like he could be a solid player. He had to combine 796 yards and six touchdowns in 2019 and 2020. Seems like a solid pass-catching tight end, aggressive blocker. When healthy, maybe he, he can be a good backup tight end for TJ Hawkinson. We'll see, but I definitely don't hate that pick. I thought tight end might be addressed by the Lions in this draft, and it was. So we'll see with James Mitchell. But um, all right, our two six-rounders. I'm telling you, keep your eyes on Malcolm Rodriguez and James Houston because these are two players, they're really intriguing to me. They, they honestly are. Starting with Malcolm Rodriguez, our first of two six-round picks, uh, the linebacker out of Oklahoma State. I want a linebacker on day three, and it seems like we got an interesting player here. I mean, just look at the numbers he put up last year with Oklahoma State. 129 tackles, 16 tackles for loss, three sacks, one interception, four forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. Four-year starter, team captain, fun fact, former wrestler too. Um, he's also a former safety. He moved to linebacker during his time in Oklahoma State. 397 total tackles from 2018 to 2021. He's fast, too. If you watch some video on Malcolm Rodriguez, he does have a little bit of speed to him. Uh, now, he is undersized, sure. Maybe that's why we got him in the sixth round. I don't know. I'm just kind of guessing there. But that's an intriguing pick. You know, maybe Malcolm Rodriguez could be some nice depth at linebacker for us. I don't know. We'll see. I like that pick. And I also really like James Houston at Jackson State. I mean, again, just like I said with Josh Pascal, the more pass rush help, the more pressure you get to the quarterback, the better. I'm never going to hate when Brad Holmes addresses the defensive line. And James Houston, man, you want to talk about someone who was productive and put up numbers. You know, listen to James Houston's stats at Jackson State last season. 70 tackles, 24 and a half tackles for loss, 16 and a half sacks. 
seven forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and interception. 16 and a half sacks. The numbers will definitely tell you that he can play. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez and James Houston, watch out for them. I think those might be two sneaky sleeper picks from this football team. And then lastly, in the seventh round, Chase Lucas, the cornerback out of Arizona State. The numbers aren't overly impressive. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he hasn't intercepted a pass since 2019. Been on the small side, uh, but he was a team captain at least, and he is versatile. He can play outside and in the slot. I don't have much to say here. I honestly don't know that much about Chase Lucas, but hey, we'll see. Maybe he can be someone for us. Nonetheless, though, because I've been talking for way too long, overall, I really do like what the Lions did this past weekend. You cannot deny that the Lions got better in this year's draft. And they added some nice young pieces who some will contribute right away, especially Ain Hutchinson and Jamison Williams. I mean, Hutch is already favored to win the Defensive Rookie of the Year. And Jamison, hey, when he's healthy, watch out. He's not only going to contribute right away, but I've been reading a lot of articles talking about how when he's healthy, he he's really going to take this league by storm. And that, that makes me very excited. <laughs> that really does excite me. Hey, I'm a happy Lions fan today. I feel real good about the direction of this team right now under Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. It was a fun weekend, and especially a fun weekend as a Lions fan. And with that, I'm done talking for a little while. <laughs> Tyler, we'll go to you. What was your overall thoughts on what the Lions did in the 2022 NFL Draft? Very productive. I would say very productive because... One thing I was saying by the end of this, you had originally scheduled to have five picks in the top 100 before doing any trades or anything. That was the schedule to have five picks in the top 100. And my biggest takeaway was I want to see at least three starters from this draft class. If we can get three starters from this draft class that we could look at long-term pieces, I think this will be labeled as a very, very successful draft. And I feel very, very confident about at least two of them. Like, I, I am so confident that Aiden Hutchinson and Jameson Williams are going to be two starters for you in the long run. So to get that already locked down before we even hit training camp and me feeling this confident that's going to happen, that that's just that's an amazing. It's an amazing feeling right now. Uh, I mean, the Hutchinson thing, like, yeah, th that was a great pick, obviously, but I feel like we kind of expected that. Like, we knew it was going to be either Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau, just kind of – I feel like that's what the general consensus was going to be. Maybe Trayvon Walker's in that conversation if he doesn't go number one. Well, maybe, right? But I feel like the consensus was going to be it's going to be Walker, Hutchinson. So there wasn't much shock there once we got Hutchinson. That was a good pick. That was a smart pick. But the pick that surprised me, the pick that I absolutely love in this draft, and something the lines I have never seen them do, is that you move up in the draft, you have a strength on your team right now, and that's your offense. And what Brad Holmes did, he was so confident on Thursday night to get himself a wide receiver one. He made calls to the San Francisco 49ers at first to try to acquire star wide receiver Debo Samuel. That fell through. So he said, you know what? They are not going to do it. I'm still confident that I'm going to get me a wide receiver one at the end of this day. He moves up 20 spots in the, in the round one to go up and get Jamison Williams to a guy that arguably should be the number one receiver taken off the board in this draft. If it weren't for his injury, probably is a top six, top eight pick in this draft. I, I have no doubts in my mind he is the first wide receiver taken off the board if he never tears his ACL. I think he's that good. I think he's that talented. And I'm putting expectations on him. He's going to be the best receiver in this class. He's going to be a legitimate wide receiver one on your team for a very long time. Brad Holmes was very confident in Jameson Williams. And those medicals had to check out for him to make a move like that. You're moving up 20 spots in the draft. He's confident that he's going to be healthy and that those medicals are not going to be anything too long-term jeopardy for uh, Jameson Williams. Um, but Brad Holmes looked at the strength of this team, and this is something I've been saying. You get a legitimate wide receiver one with this offensive line, with this other surrounding pieces you have on offense with Amon Ross St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, and Jamal Williams in the backfield. You have the ability, no excuses, you have the ability to be a top 10 top 12 offense in the NFL. And I mean that seriously right now with just the surrounding piece that you are. And even if you're not that this year, you were still in position to be such a good offense going forward because 
you have Jameson Williams, you have Amon Ross and Brown on rookie contracts for at least the next three more years. Jameson, you got five years with him. Amon Ross and Brown, you got three years with him. Your offensive line is already set in stone, and you're going to make a decision on TJ Hawkinson if he's going to be your long-term guy. And it seems like they don't want to get an extension done with him. That's just what it seems like they want to do with him. So this offense right now is looking like they could potentially be a quarterback away if Jared Goff is not the answer. I mean, Jared Goff's going to get that opportunity. He's going to get a very fair opportunity in 2022 with a very talented offense. And it's really his, you know, it's, it's really in his hands as if he's going to be the guy or not. And we'll see what he does this season. I'm not going to rule him out yet. But, you know, if I had to make an expectation right now or make a prediction, I would probably say they'll be looking for a quarterback next year. But who knows? Maybe Jared Goff impresses. Maybe he could keep the job. But who knows? Um, but, I just love the Jamison Williams pick because he's Brad Holmes set the offense up for so many years and that if Jared Goff isn't your guy, Brad Holmes didn't trade any future picks, so he still has two first-round picks for next year. So he still has draft capital to move up in the draft if he so wants to do that. He has draft capital to go trade for a veteran quarterback. I mean, he has so much luxury to do whatever he really wants and to get your offense already stabilized and established... That's just going to be whoever your quarterback is. If it's not Jared Goff, it's going to make the it's going to make the situation so much better. So I love the Jamison Williams pick. I did not expect that, and I would take picking at pick twelve with Jamison Williams than I would have taken anyone I would have at thirty two or thirty four, because essentially, like you said, you didn't really trade that much. You were sitting at thirty two. You're sitting at thirty four. The Lions moved up twelve or twenty spots in the first round to move back 12 spots in the second round and trade a third round pick. Like that that's just that, that that's a lot. I mean for the Lions they, they didn't trade a lot. So like they still set themselves in a good position trading up 20 spots in the first round. So the Jameson Williams pick was just absolutely phenomenal. Um and going on this draft Josh Pascal from Kentucky, a guy that like you mentioned a leader, a guy that's going to play for this football team and you can never have enough edge rushers on a football team. Like that, that, that no team can play by having too many edge rushers. You can never have enough of them. And Romeo Quara coming off a ruptured Achilles. I mean, who knows what he's going to look like next year. So to have some depth, have some guy you can uh, have some confidence in is huge. So, and the, and the Lions rotate their defensive linemen just like any other team. They rotate them in and out because that's just what you do in the NFL. You can't play a defensive end or a defensive tackle like you play a wide receiver or you play a safety. They don't play 100% of the snaps. You have to rotate your guys. You have to keep your guys fresh. And that's what Brad Holmes did here. He got a guy like Josh Pascal. Maybe he's not a starter right away, and that's fine. He can rotate with your defense lineman. He's going to play. He's going to play a lot of football games for your for your team. So that's a great pick. Kirby Joseph, the amount of usage the Lions get out of their safeties and the amount of looks they have with their safeties, um, they, they just need depth very badly. And Kirby Joseph is a fine player. And to get him here at 97 was very, very good value. And then day three, I think they made some very quiet depth moves. James Mitchell, a guy that... I think could compete right away for the backup tight end spot. It's a very thin room after Hawkinson. You got guys like uh, Griffin, Garrett Griffin, they signed from the Saints. Uh, Brock Wright, who was with the team last year. And then you got James Mitchell. So it's a very thin room. So he's going to have a legitimate shot if he could recover well, be back by training camp to compete for that backup tight end spot. And then the Malcolm Rodriguez pick. Yeah, I mean, undersized player. If he was probably a couple inches taller, if he was 6'1 instead of 5'11, I mean, you're probably talking about a potential day two pick very possible with just the production that he did tackling machine here so to get him here at pick 189 the sixth round i think that's very good value i mean even if it doesn't work out it's a six round pick at the end of the day um, so you're not really losing much and then again brad holmes taking a swing with the fences with a guy like james houston another guy who's going to play some edge rusher he's going to play some linebacker for you again you can never have enough depth and uh, you know he's going to compete and again you took him at pick 217 whatever you do this late in the draft you're taking swings and see if see if someone could be a guy and you know I, I think it's be it's fair to be optimistic because of how many uh late round guys or undrafted guys brad holmes really hit on last year jerry jacobs was a very quality corner for them last year he was a udfa aj parker started in many games for this team last year he was a udfa brock ray just mentioned him a couple minutes ago he was a udfa so i mean brad holmes did a very very solid job getting some undrafted free agents last year and having them contribute to the team right away. And a guy like Jamar Jefferson, he was a late seventh round pick. He had his moments too. 
And then again, Chase Lucas. I mean, I think they're just going here with what they see as far as athleticism and seeing maybe they can untap some potential here. Again, it's pick 237, so there's not really too much stock to really put into that pick and for all these last three picks, honestly. So overall, love what they did day one. Thought it was such a phenomenal day to kickstart the draft of the Lions. And man, I, I was so excited, man. I, I really think they walked away with two of the top 10 prospects in this draft. I really do with Hutchinson and Jamison Williams. Regarding the Jamison Williams pick and how aggressive Brad Holmes was to trade up and make that selection, obviously, I also really loved it. And I loved it from the standpoint of, you know, yeah, I tweet this out on Thursday night after it happens. Like, look at where Brad Holmes came from. The Rams. What are the Rams most known for? Being aggressive. That's how they just won the Super Bowl. You know, making moves like Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, OBJ, Von Miller. Miller. Like, the Rams are not afraid to swing for the fences. And, like, sometimes maybe you'll strike out. But sometimes you just... You just knock it out of the park. And the Rams just won a Super Bowl for kind of that aggressive mentality. We saw that with (laughs) Brad Holmes and the Lions on Thursday night. That was really exciting to me (laughs) to see the Lions making that move and getting a player, like you said, Tyler, in Jameson Williams. And like I brought up as well, a player who has what it takes to be wide receiver one for this football team. And he has what it takes to absolutely be not just the best wide receiver in this class, but, I mean, it's a little premature to say this, sure. But, like, just watch the video in Alabama. Like, Jameson Williams has what it takes to be really, really good for this football team. And as you said, Tyler, if you can get a legitimate wide receiver one in this team, like, that is just, that's going to be absolutely huge for this offense. I think it's great to see how aggressive Brad Holmes was too. Just to, he was so confident he was going to get a wide receiver one that day because mm-hmm. a wide receiver one does so much more than just him being a guy and him being an impact. Obviously, that's great, but it opens up so many things for your offense. Mm-hmm. If people are scared of Jameson Williams being them up top, then you can get that run game going with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams or whoever's running back there for you. The Lions proved that they can run with anyone back there with their offensive line. Um, it's going to open up Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm-hmm. It's going to open more looks for TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Jamison Williams being on the field, him being an impact is great, but it's a it's a carryover effect. It's going to mm-hmm. help everybody on the mm-hmm. offense, including whoever the quarterback is on the field. No, absolutely. And, again, I think not only just me and you, but it seems like – and it's not even just Lions fans. Like, nationally, the Lions are getting a lot of love for what they did in this draft. And that's also really refreshing to see how many people, again, not just Lions fans, but how many people nationally are saying, like, hey, look at what the Lions are doing. <laughs> like, they did a really good job in this year's draft. And that is definitely really refreshing as well, if you ask me. You know why? It's just because, like, the Lions could have just sat back. It's, it picked at 32, picked at 34. Yeah. They could have got themselves a starting safety. Like, Lewisine, he went 32. I could see the Lions going that route. 32, uh, yeah. then maybe at 34, like what Green Bay did. They took Christian Watson. You could do that. But yeah. with doing that, that's fine. But you don't really know, like, is Christian Watson going to be a wide receiver one in the NFL? I think that's to be seen. You know, he's coming from North Dakota State, a small school. I think that's so much more riskier to count on him to be your wide receiver one in the future. So what Brad Holmes did, he goes, you know what? I'm going to go out and just go get the best receiver in this class. I'm going to go out and get Jamison Williams. I, I, I have so much more faith and confidence that he's going to be that guy. And nothing against Christian Watson. I like Christian Watson. But it's just it's a little more tougher to predict if, if, what's his role going to be in the NFL. Is he a wide receiver one, wide receiver two? I, I think that's a little tougher to predict. And with how fast these receivers were getting taken off the board, mm-hmm. you see how crazy the market is right now. Guys like yeah. Debo wanting so much money. We saw A.J. Brown get traded and how much money he got paid. Brad Holmes got himself, I think, a legitimate wide receiver one. Granted, he hasn't played in the NFL, but I, I think he just has all the traits He's to be a wide receiver one. He's got that potential, absolutely. And they're not paying that group at all Mm-mm. i mean amon ross st brown and jameson williams are a rookie deal so it gives you so much luxury to build your team still you can go out and get a quarterback you can go out and pay a big defensive player if you need to do that next year you can go out and i don't know whatever you really want to do i mean you you're setting yourself up setting yourself up with so much luxury 
with going this route, paying two rookie wide receivers who could be your one and two for you. I think that's absolutely huge, man. I'm excited, dude. Grant, you're our non-Lions fan here. And to bounce off of the last point I made about how nationally it seems like a lot of people are really liking what the Lions did in this year's draft. As a non-Lions fan, Grant, you look at what the Lions did this past weekend. You see them take Hutch at number two. You see them trade up for Jameson Williams. And, you know, days two and three, you see them making some nice, smart picks to help out the depth of this football team. As a non-Lions fan, what are your big thoughts about what the Lions did in this year's draft? Well, you had said that nationally the Lions are getting love and check out the Lions. And I just wanted to say, check out the Lions, man. Like that trade up to get Jameson Williams at 12, giving essentially two second round picks and still getting another second round pick. That's what good teams or winning teams or successful teams do. And that in itself was like a eye-opening move to a lot of people. I think a lot of people may have seen someone trade up for wide receiver in that situation, but I don't think a lot of people expected the Lions to do exactly that. And I know there's a little bit of concern about injury, but like with the technology surrounding injuries right now in the NFL, like it's not as big of a deal as it would have been 10 years ago. And um, reports are he's going to be fine by training camp. I don't think there's any need to rush him back. But um, I also wanted to say just like six out of eight players drafted by the Lions were defensive players. And towards the end of the year, maybe not every game, but a decent amount of the second half of the season, the Lions defense looked like a couple pieces away. Maybe I'm not saying they looked great. They weren't shutting teams out, but they were slowing teams down better than they had. And I think adding Hutchinson, adding a lot of depth on defense, maybe not day one starters, but some good depth guys can really bolster that defense and obviously getting Jameson Williams with an incredible, already very good O-line and just offensive core. Like I'm, I still think the lines are a couple pieces away from making some serious noise, but I think they're going to turn some heads in what appears to be a weakened NFC North. And it's crazy uh, just involving Jared Goff along the lines of this is Jared Goff's second time where it's like, can he do it? And I've talked about the Jared Goff show and what you can get out of him. And this is his time to shine. If he's going to have an offense around him, this is it. But I just, I liked the direction the lines were heading, um, filling a lot of gaps. I don't know, man. I, I'm excited for the lions and, as we all know, they are not my number one team, but I'm excited to see what happens. Um, again, still probably a couple pieces away, but like you and Tyler had mentioned, a lot of draft capital to work with, or not draft capital, but capital to work with and maybe even get to that point. So I think they did everything essentially they possibly could have. They, the thing I was pumped about was they didn't, uh, take a quarterback. I joined Tyler's space on Twitter when the Lions traded up for number 12. And it, it, there was a lot of chatter like, this has got to be Malik. This has got to be a quarterback. This I straight up someone. thought it was going to be Malik. <laughs> I think a lot of people did. And when it wasn't, it was like, okay, they, the Lions know what they're doing. Like, I thought, like, I don't think a lot of people were like, yeah, they're going to take a wide receiver. I think it was pretty confidently a quarterback and it was great to see them not reach. So I'm, I'm excited. I give them an, a solid a in the draft and I'm excited to see what, what happens coming forward. Let's talk about Jared Goff and how the lions did not take a quarterback because Grant, you did bring up a good point. I mean, you can look at my live reaction when we trade up to 12, I straight up, thought we were trading up <laughs> for a quarterback and I wanted it to be Malik Willis if we were going to take a quarterback. I much prefer Jameson Williams over Malik Willis or any other quarterback, but I, I don't know. I saw that trade happen. And I'm like, 
we only usually see this for like quarterbacks. <laughs> so this is this is going to get interesting. But it obviously wasn't for a quarterback and the Lions did not take a quarterback at all in this year's draft. And not only that, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, but they didn't sign a UDFA quarterback either, correct? No, they didn't. They invited someone to mini camp, but no UDFA. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, but no. Yeah. So, yeah. but no UDFAs, no. Yeah. They didn't even sign a UDFA. Like I know Carson Strong was a popular name out there. Like they didn't sign him. They didn't sign any quarterback. So I mean, I was saying this coming into the draft, but now after the draft, you are seeing this is Jared Goff's team going into 2022. And that's what I want to talk about next. So I'm going to ask Eli this question so we can get him involved. But Tyler Grant, don't feel afraid to you know chime in as well. Eli and everyone else, this is now officially Jared Goff's team in 2022. As we have kind of talked about throughout this program, he is going to get the opportunity to prove in 2022 if maybe he could be the guy long term for this team. What are your thoughts on that? Like, how confident are you that Jared Goff might be able to do this? Because, I mean, you guys have brought up some really good points, and I was having a similar thought process. Like, Jared's going to have a really good chance to succeed because of the pieces around him now. Like, I brought up the offensive pieces we have now. I'll do it again. Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams, DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds, Quintess Cephas, Khalif Raymond, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and a top 10 offensive line. And you now officially have Ben Johnson as your OC, which Jared Goff last year when Dan Campbell was calling plays and Ben Johnson was the not official OC, whatever the title was, like Jared Goff is playing better. So Eli and everyone else, it's Jared Goff's time. What are your thoughts on that? Like how confident are you that he might be able to prove himself in 2022? Oh man, it's so tough because it's definitely Jared's job to lose. Like he really, there's not, there's not, I, I mean, we, we gave him some excuses. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people just ragged on him. I, I, I'm guilty of that too. I think yeah, we all Jared are. Goof. Yeah, Jared. Jared. He ain't. He ain't perfect, man. But once Dan Campbell took over the play calling, he was like a completely different player. He he was, he was less Jared Goof and more, oh, like dude, this dude Jared. Like he he he's kind of he's kind of not that bad, you know. Like, I don't know if you could win a Super Bowl with him. But he's like definitely he could definitely with the right pieces and a real defense, I could see him being the quarterback that takes the Lions back to the playoffs. Now is that good enough? Maybe, maybe not, depending on who you are. But I think the Lions are in a position where, you know, if Jared does well, great. You know, stick around with Jared, maybe um, you know, you don't have to cut him or anything, or you don't have to draft another QB. But if Jared turns out to not be the guy, you're also in great position to draft someone or, you know, package some picks and mm-hmm. trade for a QB that might be on the market. Mm-hmm. So I am not mad at all that they didn't pick a QB. I'm not mad at all that Jared Goff is the starter going into the year. I had a feeling that's what it would be. And what I told myself before the draft was if the Lions are truly doing this right, they will not draft a QB in this draft. And they didn't draft a QB, and I'm really proud of them. And I think I said this last year on Trash Talk, but last year in the draft, I'm pretty sure the Lions got a pretty good grade from the national media. And I said something along the lines of, I've never seen the Lions get this much positive attention from the national media. And then again, this year, same exact thing. Uh, the Lions got like an A-plus grade from like a lot of like media outlets. And I have never seen that happen, let alone in back-to-back years. So it's really, it's really refreshing to see just the praise from other people that maybe just maybe 
this poverty franchise might be turning things around. Tyler and Grant, feel free to come into this conversation as well. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always a world where you could upgrade from Jared Goff. Like, I think he's obviously going to be better this year. There's really no reason why he shouldn't be better this year just with the the offense that he's being assembled with talent-wise and then you're mixing in the play calling, which he really seemed to get a good grasp of, of at the end of the year in December and played some pretty pretty good football. Um, yeah, and I think like Eli said, it's like, yeah, maybe you make the playoffs. Like, maybe you make it. Or maybe you win some games and he's not – you know, the worst quarterback, you know, he's very solid. He's very average. I think that's just what really Jared Goff is. I think he's just a very average quarterback, but I think if the Lions really want to take the next step and make themselves a legitimate contender, and I know that's a very weird word to say with the Lions, legitimate contender, like compete for a division, compete in the playoffs. I know that sounds like foreign to Lions fans and trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty to this, but if you want to be considered a legitimate contender, I think you have the position, the, the draft luxury or the draft capital and the money capital too, to do what the Broncos did this offseason. You know, you had the team built. You go out and trade for Russell Wilson. You do what the Rams did last year. You uh, have the draft picks. Go trade for Matthew Stafford. The Niners went a different route last year. Instead of going for an established quarterback, they said, okay, we're going to move up in this draft and go get Trey Lance, and he's going to be our future quarterback. We're going to hand the keys to him. So the Lions have the room to do either or. They could go one of two routes. They, I think, could trade up in a draft, assuming a team is willing to trade up or you know trade back, um, and the Lions could potentially go out for a rookie quarterback. Obviously a lot more riskier because that rookie quarterback has never taken a snap in the NFL, but you can get him on a rookie deal a lot cheaper. Or, I mean, the NFL is a crazy game right now, and I want to compare it to the NBA right now with how many guys are just asking out. I mean... A second a guy's not happy, they're not doing what Matthew Stafford did in Detroit. I think they saw what Matthew Stafford did get out of Detroit after 12 years and have immediate success. I think a lot of these players around the NFL are looking at the Matthew Stafford situation is like, why am I going to handcuff my situ- why am I going to handcuff myself to a situation where we're not winning or my- the team is not putting me in a good position to win games when Matthew gave everything he could to Detroit for 12 years, first year out as instant success and wins a Super Bowl. I think I really think it's the Stafford effect. I think Stafford started a wave and I think we could see some, you know, good quarterbacks maybe in unhappy situations next year and the Lions could be one of those teams to come in and say, Hey, we got two first round picks. We got some other future picks that we're willing to trade and um we'll we'll go and get that. And the Lions then can move off of Goff because the cap hit is essentially nothing next year if you want to move off of him, if you want to trade him or if you want to release him. So I think Again, it is in Jared Goff's hand. He has a lot to prove. But in my, my eyes, I think there's always a way you could look to upgrade. And even teams like San Francisco, they went to the NFC Championship with Jimmy Garoppolo, and they're still moving on because they think they could be a better team if they have a better quarterback. So I think ultimately, I think they will get a new quarterback, I hope, hopefully in 2023. But I do think Jared Goff will be okay, good enough for the year. And then I think there will be a situation where they move off eventually. Grant, you'll have our final word on this topic, and it's it's kind of ironic that we're going to end with you because you might be one of the biggest advocates for Jared Goff that I know. <laughs> that I know. Like, you are very much a Jared Goff defender. So the floor is yours. What's your thoughts on this conversation? I mean, from the moment Jared Goff got here to – now i've said there is that 50 point jared goff out there there is that run it up jared goff out there and this is an incredible offense for him to show whether it's the lions or someone else's front office that hey i can do this i have an offensive line i have incredible targets i have what appears to be a very very solid run game and as that jared goff defender i I'm excited. This is truly a prove-it year, and he started proving it a little bit last season. We saw that Seahawks game where he really showed that he has an established connection with the Monroe St. Brown, and now it's just working in everybody else. Hopefully, Hawkinson is a 17-game player. Um, hopefully, Jameson Williams is out early, like out on the field early, like. And if they can establish that running game and stay healthy with DeAndre Swift, I I have a hard time seeing him 
not being successful for the most part. I'm not saying he's throwing 5,000 yards this season or anything, but I think he can help the Lions hang around in games that maybe last year they had no business hanging around in. I'm I'm excited to watch Jared Goff. Am I advocating you take him in fantasy? Maybe not as your QB1, but I I might snag him as a backup. He's got a lot of targets, and he has in the past, even just last season and seasons prior, proven that he can score points, and that's what the Lions need. And yes, he is not a big-name quarterback, and you could call him average, but I wouldn't say he's average every game. There's games he's good, there's games he's very good, and then there's games where he's not so good. And yeah, average is out to average, but it's not like he's just a 200-yard-a-game guy. I think he can run it up in the right circumstances, and I'm excited to see that. Here's what I'll say about the whole Jared Goff thing, and then we'll wrap up the show and get out of here. We're going into a year where it will be interesting to see what ends up happening because this is Jared Goff's team, okay? He's going to get the chance to prove himself if he can be the guy going forward. That's going to be really interesting to see and watch unfold. If it works out, that's great. That's our long-term quarterback, and we don't even have to worry about you know, trading capital to move up in drafts a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young, you know, or we don't have to worry about signing a free agent or trading for someone, you know, like we've got our guy. If it works out, that's perfect. But if not, like Tyler brought it up, the Lions are in a situation where they can move off of Jared Goff and not take too much of a a hit off of that. And we have the assets to make a move, whether that's through the draft through a trade, through free agency, whatever. Like, the Lions are in a good spot right now, if you ask me, as a team and at quarterback. Like, we're going to see if Jared Goff is the guy in 2022. If he is, that's perfect. (laughs) That's perfect. That's our long-term quarterback. That's, That's a huge question mark answered for this team. If it works out, that's perfect. If not, hey, we have the assets to move off of him and look for and possibly acquire the new guy. So the Lions are in a good spot right now regarding the quarterback position. And I just think as a team in general, and this will be my last point here, as a team in general, as I said earlier in the show, I'm feeling really good about the direction of this team right now under Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. I mean, Eli brought it up too. Last year, the the first draft for Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell a lot of positive national comments about that draft that year. And, I mean, one year later, I would say it was a pretty <laughs> pretty solid draft for the Lions. And now here we sit again after the second draft for Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. And it's a very similar feeling, if not a better feeling. I mean, nationally, people are loving what the Lions are doing. This team's in a good spot right now, and I really do feel good about the direction of this team under Brad Holmes and Danny Campbell. Just keep stockpiling, stockpiling those starters in the draft. Last year, I think they got at least three with um, with Panay, Amon Ryan, Ali McNeil. I think those guys are going to be three starters for a long time. And then I think this mm-hmm. year, um, I, I think our first two picks are going to be starters for a long time. Then yeah. I think that third, I think you know, to get that third starter, I think that's to be. You know, I think to determine, I think Josh Pascoe has got a lot of potential. I mean, we talked about that, but Kirby, I think, stock- got potential. Kirby, yep. I think just keep stockpiling good players in the mm-hmm. draft, and if they could just keep going that route, mm-hmm. hey, I mean, Brad Holmes was a big saying with the Rams that he was their college, uh, he was their you know college head scout for the mm-hmm. Rams, and obviously they acquired a ton of a ton of talent and. That's a team that before last year, they don't really pay guys after their contracts. They're like, okay, we we trust our process so much that we're just going to replace you and we're going to get a guy in a rookie deal. And um, so I I think Brad Holmes has a lot of faith in his scouting for sure. Eli, was there something you wanted to say? Yeah, I was going to say in terms of like the national media saying positive stuff, I mean, we went from the Lions with the previous regime who we won't name, picking guys like uh, Jelani Tavai. You know, and people were like, yeah. oh, you know, he, we didn't even have him until going until like the fifth round, you know, and the Alliance took him whenever in the second round or something. Mm-hmm. 
Like, we're not making those smartest man in the room picks anymore. We're making moves that I feel like good teams make. And it's just, it's it's so weird to me. It's so bizarre to see the Lions be make, and I'm like watching the draft and I'm like, wait a minute. The Lions traded up for a wide receiver who like would have been a top 10 pick if he hadn't gotten hurt, you know? It's just so weird to see the Lions not just do like, the, I, I, I was so ready for them to just pick at 32, you know? Mm-hmm. I was so ready for that. And then to see them trade off of it and then not pick a QB because the first thing I thought was, oh, it's QB time. Like, oh, here we go. They're, they're doing the, they're making the Lions move. They, they traded up to get a QB. But they didn't do the Lions thing. And it's so good. They're not making the smartest man in the room picks. They're just straight up making smart picks. They're building from the trenches. Who would have thought that was a good idea? Oh, I, 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 I mentioned that. I love that they're trying to build from the line of scrimmage. Build up those offensive and defensive lines, baby. That's what I want to see. Like, okay, let's say, like, hopefully this doesn't end up being – let, let's say it does end up working. I can never say I didn't understand the plan. It, like, the plan always made sense. Like, here, I'll give a good – I'll give a great comparison. I hope this doesn't end up being the same way. But the Pistons and Joe Dumars. I feel like Joe Dumars went the route that was going towards the NBA, you know, getting a big man that could shoot. He just never got the right players. But he he had the right idea, the right plan in building. I want to give a shout-out to James Edwards because he brought it up. I thought he, he hit it right in the nails. Like – Dumars always had the plan where the NBA was going. He just didn't get the right players. I think Brad Holmes knows where the plan of the NFL is going, where the game is going. And hopefully now, you know, he's still into his second year, so he still has time to, to get right players. So hopefully Brad Holmes is getting the right players. But he, he could definitely tell he knows where he's going, where the game is going, and he's trying to win the trenches. And that's, I mean, as cliche as it is, you win ball games in the trenches. Well, so far, I'm feeling really good. I mean, this is a point that Grant brought up, and I, I do agree with it. Like, I'm not saying the Lions are going to pull a Bengals next year and go from a team no, that was picking not. in the top five <laughs> or ten and then go to the Super Bowl. That's not what all I'm saying. But what I am saying is after this draft, boy, I'm feeling good. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm feeling really good. Next year – like they're probably still going to be picking in the top ten. That's that's perfectly fine. But Tyler, this is a point that you've brought up too. They're going to win more than three football games. I feel like though, like we're going yeah, in we'll the right direction. <laughs> we're going in the right direction, and that's two years in after their second draft. Like the pieces are starting to come together, especially offensively. Like the pieces are coming together, and I'm sitting here after. Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell's second draft together. And man, I'm feeling the best about this football team that I have in a while. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling definitely good after this draft. It was, I mean, obviously we have to wait until we see him on the football field and of course. see what these guys could do. But I, I just feel so confident. I love what they did day one. I can't express it enough how much I love what they did day one. It was such. It's something I've never seen this organization do. I, I've, I've personally never seen this organization do something like that. So to see it happen with my two, my, my own two eyes, it was amazing, man. I, I was so pumped after day one, dude. I was so pumped. I'm ready for the football season. That draft, <laughs> that draft made me get a little bit of a football itch. I've never gotten a football itch this early. Too bad it's only May, and we've got we've got all of May, June, July, August, September. We got like five months to go. <laughs> Panthers ain't getting it done for you. Oh, jeez. All right. <laughs> Good show this week, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Grant. No, that's your league and that's your team. Oh man, it's no way. It's <laughs> no way. You're not joined. You're not a USFL guy. Um, I I poured my heart and soul into the AAF. You tried. And when it crumbled, I tried. And I just, I have, like, you never forget your first love, and <laughs> nothing's ever the same. 
Man, Grant tried so hard. Grant, has, when... Grant has trust issues in football leagues that aren't the NFL. <laughs> I mean, we were in the middle of the MLB lockout, and me oh. and Tony and everyone were, 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 like, dying for baseball. And Grant's like, hey, if they don't want to play baseball, we always got the U.S. about to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Grant, this doesn't help yeah. me right now. This doesn't help me with my coping. <laughs> I'd rather go back to the COVID days where we were waking up at 5 a.m. watching the KBO. <laughs> we? Yes. No, yes, we. we? Tyler was definitely up at 5 a.m. I remember those texts. I'd roll over. Probably like, eating cereal watching I'm, Korean I'd baseball. roll out of bed at 5 a.m. I'm like, who is texting me? Do you see Dixon Machado? <laughs> <laughs> Warwick Sample just threw six scoreless. Oh, Jesus. All right. It's time for us to get out of here. We went a little over this week, but it's perfectly all right for a show like this. Gentlemen, good show this week. Thank you all so much for listening. For my entire crew, my name is Tony Dabrowski. We'll see you on the next one. Grant. Buy Roach Gumber and be positive.